Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, Buzzheads, welcome to the 70s Buzz Podcast. I'm Curtis Tucker. And I'm Todd Wheeler, bringing you our memories, or lack thereof, of growing up in the 70s. We are not a history podcast. We just want you guys to know that. Sometimes we get things wrong, and if you listen to us long enough, you're going to be screaming at your device trying to give us the right answers. Listen up as we recount growing up in the Midwest and our unique experience. Go to 70sbuzz.com for more info and leave us your thoughts. Let us know if you guys have any show ideas, if you'd like us to uh, get you on as an advertiser. And don't forget, please leave us reviews on your favorite podcasting apps. Todd, what's going on? Well, it's about another, it's about time to do another 70s Buzz podcast. It is time again. Tonight is kind of a special episode. Oh, they're all special, but this one's super special. Super special. We're going to kind of save it, uh, give you guys a little surprise here in a second, but uh, just remind everybody, please surprise! go to iTunes and leave us a review or uh, a review or a uh, comment on yeah. iTunes. Go to bcmerc.com, buy you a t-shirt. That's what kind of keeps us going. Of course, we do not have any advertisers on the show, so if you would like to advertise or send Ford, hate mail or love mail. Ford, GM, Apple, any of you guys want to Any of you big guys, yeah. 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 Uh, buzz at buzzheadmedia.com. That's how you can get a hold of us. Or you can go to the Facebook page that Todd put together, and we get these really cool messages on there every now and yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Good, so yeah, just yeah. to message us, and uh, we're going to kind of Get going here in a sec. So, uh, what are we talking about tonight? What are we talking about tonight, Curtis? Well, we're <laughs> going to be talking about movie scenes, and scenes. the reason, and the reason is because, well, number one, because they were movies from the seventies, and, and why would we talk about movies from the seventies? Because it was the greatest decade known to man. Yes, it was. But another, there's a second reason we're talking about scenes from the seventies. Are you talking about Dave? Dave Ball, one what of our. Let's talk about Dave. What, <laughs> Dave, I'm, Dave's not here, man. No, Dave I'm is here. here. Dave, Dave, Dave <laughs> is here. Let's I was going to jump in on your uh, logo shout there, but I, you should have. Oh, you should have. Yeah, I could have. I could have. You know, I wanted to. In fact, if I had done it, I would have just hung up. 
perfectly satisfied. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Well, real quick, That's everybody. Really well, there you go. You let, heard you heard it live. Let us introduce you to Mr. Dave Ball. We've got Dave. We've got our first. I guess can I call you a Canuck? Is that Canuck? Canuck. Sure. Is that offend you? That's a badge of honor. Oh, awesome! That doesn't offend you guys when we call you Canucks. Sorry. Does it does it offend you guys when we call no, you Canucks? No, no, we love. Oh, okay, okay, right. awesome. So so Dave has been emailing us I think since August, and we we've kind of bantered back and forth, and he loves to call us out on the things that we get wrong, <laughs> and he's he's literally Dave. You are the reason. We if you go if you go listen to any episode before August, uh-huh. we don't have that beginning where we tell everybody that we're old and we forget stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was I because of Dave that, that we changed that. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. No, That's but okay. it, it's really it's really helped us out. I think. Yeah, it really has. Because in the past, I would like we would <clears throat> we would record this and then I'd get on there and say I'd say oh hi this is blah 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 and then you know even though I do like the sound of my own voice. It wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that great. Well, now we just plug in the intro and, and yeah. go with it. So, so Much Dave, better. real quick, you're you're a man of the '70s, like we are. Tell everybody a little bit about you, about where you grew up in the '70s, and just kind of give us a quick who's Dave Ball. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Uh, yeah, I grew up uh, as a young lad growing up in the '60s. It couldn't have been better up where I was, and uh, but to grow up. Uh, as a teenager in the seventies was even better even better and i and I soaked it up. I went to university during that period and um, uh, went to Guelph University, which is uh, around the Toronto area and had four of the best years of my life and uh, got, I was really into the whole uh, pop culture scene even when I was in university with the music, uh, the books, the TV uh, movies i 've loved it all my life, and so it was only natural I was going to tune into this podcast eventually because uh, i 'm always uh, looking for something about the 70s. And this was just, uh, you guys uh, got an enviable podcast because you've got this podcast that can talk about almost anything from that period. So uh, congratulations Sweet. to you for picking such a great uh, great genre to let, get into. Let me ask you, so, Dave. Um, let me yeah, ask you, it, Dave, let me ask you real quick. Were you a hippie? No, I was more <laughs> of a nerdy type. I was yeah. sort of a cross between the two. I had the long hair and the beard and... Uh, you know, uh, the, the you know what stashed away in my dorm room, but I <laughs> and I loved that music, but I wasn't a hippie type. No, the, the hippies were the more far out ones. And, yeah, uh, but uh, I was sort of sitting on the line there. So uh, <laughs> one, one toke over the line. All the way, but uh, I had a great time. I tell you, I had a great time growing oh, up in yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why we decided to do the podcast because I literally. It just was the greatest time of my life growing up in the 70s. It just, it, there was such freedom. There was such happiness. There was just, but of course, we were younger than you. And our perspective is a little more towards elementary school, junior high. We wish high school and early college or college had been in the 70s, but. Uh, well, we were in high school in the 70s. Barely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Late 70s. Yeah, graduated. Heck, I was 81. married in the 70s, technically. I got, yeah. I got married in December of 1979. So. You've been married in every decade known to man, I think, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, can I can I give a little shout out to the state of Oklahoma? Oh, you bet. You can do whatever you want. Reason one of the, one of the things I came across when I was doing a little bit of research for this, uh, I said I got to find something about Oklahoma. I know a little bit about it. I the one thing I do remember is I think you had a hundredth anniversary of statehood show. It was on a number of years ago, and I PVR'd it or I guess probably taped it back then, and uh, had uh, Vince Gill, which is probably. Uh, I think is the best country and western performer ever to come down the pipe. Awesome. And he's your first uh, firstborn son of Oklahoma. Yeah. 
he came out and sang his great song, Oklahoma Swing, and uh, that he wrote. And who should walk on the stage but uh, your favorite daughter of Oklahoma, Reba McIntyre. Oh, well. yeah. So they, they did that song together on an album, so to see them on stage was pretty cool. So um, yeah, we... But how can you not like a state? Now, I, think that I, did, I dug this up, and I just, I just loved it. How can you not like a state that has an official state meal? <laughs> an official state meal that was set forth in 1988 by your House Concurrent Resolution 1083. So it's official. It's on the books. And the meal is black-eyed peas, chicken fried steak, okra, squash, corn on the cob, cornbread, barbecue, pork, biscuits, sauces, and gravy, grits, strawberries, and pecan pie. That's like three meals, actually. Isn't it? Yeah. How oh, yeah. not love a state like Oh, that? yeah. Yeah, we got, we got really good chicken fried, and we have a lot of country and western singers, famous country. Yeah, here, here real quick, um, Vince Gill and Reba McIntyre have both performed in our hometown, Enid, Oklahoma. Enid, America. And when, now Vince Gill has performed in Enid twice. The first time that Vince performed, he was really big. He performed at our high school football stadium. My brother-in-law talked to Vince Gill's staff, and Vince Gill let my brother-in-law, Steve Appling, go on stage, and he proposed to his Ooh. wife on Vince Gill's stage in Enid, Oklahoma, at the stadium. Really? Yep. Oh, we know. I didn't know that. No, you didn't know well, that. I've seen him twice, and he performed at a casino outside the Toronto area a number of years ago. And he was sitting in a restaurant where we were dining. We were just sort of across from him. And this older couple came over, and we're talking to him. And he spent a lot of time talking to them. And then during his concert, he invited that same couple to come up. Oh, oh very cool. And he sang a song for well, that's, that's cool. the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Well, next time you see him. Make sure you mention us to him. From Enid, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. He'll know. He'll yeah, know. You know, what he, you know what he's doing now, eh? He's, play, he's performing yeah, playing with the, the Beach Boys. Or not, the Eagles. The Eagles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I got it wrong. He See. took, uh, what's his face, this place? Uh, that one, that died, the guy that died. That one dude. Oh, Glenn Frey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Whew. Dave saved me. Okay, Dave. So you, you, we let you pick the subject tonight. So why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about 70s-wise tonight on the show? Well, this is just a juicy topic for me because uh, – it's something I think everybody uh, can relate to. And it's not just picking, we didn't just pick movies that we liked from the 70s. What we're picking is scenes from movies in the 70s that are just, we just have to watch them over and over again. Or, you know, like you'll be sitting, flipping through your TV, and you'll see one might pop up on your screen and say, oh, hold on, i got to watch this. Yeah. Or if you do like I do some mornings on a Saturday or Sunday morning and, you know, or on the train, you know, trying to pass some time, you'll go to YouTube and say, okay, I'm going to watch the 10 best scenes of this particular performer or watch the scene from this movie because I love it so much. I never get tired of seeing it. So it's not necessarily always going to be movies that are popular, iconic movies, but they're they're special to you because you just love that scene and you want to see it over and over again. Yeah. Cool. So Exactly. We're going to let you start it off. Yeah. So let us have, let us have your first scene. Well, these aren't in any particular order, but when I started to put this list together, how could I not pick... Uh, the Godfather, the first Godfather. Movie, oh yeah, nineteen seventy-one. How many scenes? How many scenes are going to get from there? But the one, of course, I think that everybody talks about. In fact, I've even heard members of my family saying that they've seen it on TV and they have to watch it. And that's the restaurant scene uh, where Michael uh, goes to the washroom and comes back. Oh and, uh, yeah, he finds the he you know, gets, gets the gun, revenge. the hidden that gun. That is such a powerful, powerful scene of such tension. And every time you watch it, you're just glued to the set. Uh, to watch it, and it doesn't matter how many times you see it, the tension still builds. Yeah, that was kind. Of, that was kind of Michael's um, 
introduction to the family business. I mean, really before, yeah. before yeah. that he was kind of like outside, he was in the military and, and he knew what his family did. And, and I remember the, the opening scene of that movie, uh, it was like the wedding. Uh, yep. and he was, he, he had his, uh, he had his, was his wife or his girlfriend at the time there with him. And he was kind of explaining to his wife and girlfriend what the family does. And she's like, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, that was like his first, you know, his, uh, what do you call it? His baptism into the, uh, uh-huh. the family business. Yep. Now, yeah. did you have now real quick, what we'll do is, did you have anything from the Godfather on your list, Todd? I thought I did, but see, my list is on paper and I'm sure Dave knows this cause he hears me. Rattling paper, Rattling. and Curtis is always on the. Curtis is yeah. so. I thought I had my. I I did not have anything from the Godfather on mine. Oh yes, so. I did. I did. Okay. Godfather, yeah, seventy. I said seventy one oh, earlier. Uh, uh, from seventy two, it was. I said seventy one. Sorry, the horsehead scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a that was the one that stuck in my mind. Uh, you know the dude. Uh, I can't remember exactly why they. It, it was like a uh, a prize racehorse, if I remember right. Yeah, his prize racehorse. Yeah, and uh, they, he's uh, a Hollywood producer. Okay, so why were they mad at him? Do you remember, Dave? Because he wouldn't give uh, uh, a leading role job to Johnny, who was uh, the singer, uh, Michael Cor- or Don, the Don Corleone's uh, uh, godson. Yeah, he was he a was singer, a performer, wasn't he? And he, he wouldn't give him uh, a role in his movie. Oh, so they went yes. out to convince him, and he. Pretty much told him to get lost. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a that was that scene to me was like, who? I mean, who cuts a horse's head off and sticks in someone's bed yeah. while they're asleep? Yeah, that that to me, yeah, that was my. Well, that, you read that in the book, and when you read it in the book, you thought, how are they going to pull that off? Are uh, they even going to bother? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. That that scene was definitely well talked about for years and years, oh, and it's still talked about today. Oh, it's a shock. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think I've seen a horse head in a bed since. Probably not. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Let me think about it. You know, get no. back to us. No, 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 no. Okay. And you didn't, and Curtis, you didn't have anything from The Godfather? No, you know me. I've, I, I'm not even going to go into it right now. We'll, we'll talk about it later. What? I haven't sat down and watched the whole Godfather. Oh, my gosh. I've only seen bits oh and pieces. Goodness. I know, I know, I know. We don't want to start a ride here, so. Now, Dave, let me, let me explain something. Now, Curtis and I have been friends for... Two months, three months, thirty something years, and to this day, to this day, every once in a while, he'll be like, no, "I haven't seen that." I'm like, "What? How can you not have seen that?" Or, you know, know. and yeah. it's it's old, even the even the old stuff. Anyway, I don't know why. I just I don't know why. Yeah, kind of like the sound of music. I just well, no, I haven't seen it. I, you can, you can, I just you can, don't. I, I like the sound of music, but you can do without seeing the sound okay. of music. Well, now, good, so, but you, you really, the sound of music came out in the sixties. That's right, it did. Okay. So you don't have to touch it. Yeah, you, you you could. Yeah, but you do. But but you, what, the Godfather's a long movie. Maybe that's why. And and it's it's kind of. Uh, I mean, I literally have seen most of it. Yeah, I've just never sat down like from start to finish. Yeah, you need to uh, you need to block out. Uh, yeah. it like three hours, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah, with, when you see it, you start to. I think uh, Curtis. I think I've heard you mention this in a previous podcast that when you watch it. You say, "Holy cow! Is that where that came from?" Yeah, you know, time and time again, like yeah, iconic yeah. phrases and scenes that come out of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that, that. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission. 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. That's on my to-do list. All right. Watch the whole thing all at once. <laughs> well, here, here's one movie that I have seen. And for some weird reason, it's been popping up on television a lot. And, and you know, I, you, you had mentioned, Dave, that not all of these are going to be iconic movies. But I'd say the majority of mine are just because those are the movies that pop up in, in Oklahoma television a lot. So every time this movie comes on and this scene is on, I stop and watch it. Whether I want to watch the rest of the movie or not, which I normally don't end up watching the rest of the movie, um, is Jaws. Oh, yeah, that's my... <laughs> they're, oh, yeah. They're, they're all on the boat, and they're down there <laughs> drinking, and they're singing, and yep. then they get into the... Uh, Quint and Hooper get into the comparing scars uh, battle... And then, and then that transitions into the tale of the Indianapolis. I guess I don't remember what. It, what? He, he's talking about the one scar. Quint's talking about the one scar. Okay. About how he got it on the Indianapolis, and then uh, um, Hooper says, "You were on the Indianapolis," and then he tells the story of how the boat was secret and it sank, and they couldn't go rescue him, and then they were surrounded by sharks, and the sharks started picking off. All of the guys uh, from the boat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't remember that scene. Yet. Oh, very good scene. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good scene. Yeah. Okay. Well, I take your word for it. Now, I'd, the scene I remember from Jaws is, I think you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh yeah. That, that's, that's. I mean, that's like a super duper famous phrase now. Yeah. Is is that? But as far as like just. The the cool thing about the scene when in when they're drinking is they're singing. Everything's happy. And then all of a sudden they they're doing the scars back and forth and they start laughing louder and louder and and then and then all of a sudden he says Indianapolis and then the whole mood changes and yeah, and yeah. it's just it's just cool the way they transitioned and then yeah, it was the almost yeah, exactly. yeah almost like you're around a campfire and he's telling this tale so is Hooper is that the Richard Driver's character yeah okay. Curtis has a man crush on Richard Dreyfuss. I really do. I, <laughs> but only really. Well, I'd have to say '80s too. Anything Richard oh, yeah. Dreyfuss did in the '70s and '80s, oh, yeah. I really liked. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, why. He just was a was a dad gummit that just uh, ooh, Close Encounters. That was in '70s. Oh yeah, it's on my list. Oh okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So so Dave, anything from Jaws on, from you? No, I did have it on my list originally, but I took it off because I had another Steven Spielberg movie already. So, Oh, awesome. Which one was that? Close Encounters. Oh, okay, that's on my go. list as there well. You Why go. don't you go ahead with nice yours? Nice segue. Well, I'm going to tell you, and tell me if I'm wrong or not, because now I've lived a long time now, and I've seen hundreds of movies, and I can only think, this is honest, I can only think of two times that I've actually been, like, gobsmacked in a movie, like just awed by what I saw. And, and I'm talking two times. That doesn't mean I haven't seen great movies and loved them, but a movie that just so hit you so hard from out of the blue uh, that you just never forget it. And the Close Encounters of the Third Kind was one. Yeah. The other one was didn't come out of the '70s, but it was The Sixth Sense uh, with uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The ending of that movie just absolutely floored me. I wasn't yeah. ready for that. Didn't at see all. that one coming. Uh, no, I did not. But uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This is true. I went and saw it. Absolutely loved it. And when they finished, you know, at Devil's Tower and all the ships were flying around and that, and then they flew away, I started to put my coat on because I thought, wow, that was fantastic. Oh. And then all of a sudden that noise came out 
and the mothership started coming up, and I sat back down and took my coat off, and then of course for the next twenty minutes it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it looks as great today as it did then. So uh, yeah, it's it's one of those movies. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I there there's not a whole lot that I don't. Uh, Close Encounters is a movie where if I see it on, I usually just watch the whole darn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have anything on your list from Close Encounters? Nope. My totally mine, forgot it. Again, I think there again there's a million scenes from me, but I really. If I'm sitting there watching, and I know at the beginning of the movie when Richard Dreyfus is out on his utility call before uh-huh. when he first experienced, I always like watching that when he pulls up to the railroad uh-huh. tracks and everything yeah. starts shaking and the lights uh-huh. are going and he thinks a train's going by uh-huh. and um, and so, that's, so yeah, the car comes up behind him, he waves him and it goes around. And oh, it goes up. No, well the first oh, one the goes, first one goes, goes around, around. Yeah, and then another one comes up. He's like waving it and it goes up and over him. Yeah, yeah. that was like oh shit, something's going on. Yeah, I mean and. Yeah. What's funny is trying to trying to remember back seeing that for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and so so I like that scene, and then just any scene leading up to him figuring out what Devil's Tower was, where he's in the mashed potatoes <laughs> and where he's doing the big pile of dirt it is carving. Yeah. yeah, I'd like any any of those. I'll usually stop and watch just because it's. And then I love the scene where. He's working on the Devil's Tower and then sees it on the television. Uh-huh. You know, it's like you kind of have yeah. to sit yeah. there and wait and watch that scene again every yeah. time it comes on. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. What do you got over there, Todd? Um, of course, you know, there's the, the, you know, like the Rocky when he's running up the steps of, uh, what's it? Philadelphia. Is that Independence Hall he's running? No, not Independence Hall. Boy, you got me there. It's yeah. Philadelphia somewhere. Yeah, that's a that's an iconic scene. Um I don't know, not a hot Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta walking the opening scene. He's walking down the sidewalk. You see his feet, you know, and the, you know the music's going, the, music's the beaches going. are going. He's carrying the paint cans. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was uh, that was one for me. I don't know why, but that was probably one of the yeah one of the not better movies. But I you know dig that scene. Yeah, you have anything from Saturday Night Live on yours, Dave? Fever. Fever, sorry. Fever live. No, I did not. Nope. Okay, and I, I put it, I ha, I actually came up with 13 different movies, and it was on my my three at the end if we need a time or something. But <laughs> for me, every time, if I'm flipping the channels and John Travolta's dancing uh-huh. on that lighted floor, yeah, I wasn't a disco geek at all, but disco, I just, I like the music, and, I, and he was a pretty damn good dancer, and so I'll just yeah. usually sit there and watch the darn scene where he dances and then when it's over i'll usually keep flipping the channel but he he almost gets me every time when when i if i catch him yeah, dancing. i remember uh, gene siskel from uh, siskel and ebert and both of them are gone now but i used to watch that show religiously gene siskel said that's one of the greatest scenes of just pure joy in the movie and those, those dance scenes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Those young kids, yeah. well it's vinnie barbarino can dance you know well it's dance it's a lighted dance floor whoever saw that yeah. and then it's the music and it just I don't know. Just it just takes me back to being in the seventies every yeah, time like, I see it. It was like the perfect storm, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome was. soundtrack. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so, sure. what's next on your list, Dave? Well, I had Rocky, but I think we already mentioned that. But of course, it's the final fight scene. You have to watch that. Right well, now. that I and exactly I had that exact yeah, scene on my list as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I'm going to go to another one here. I'm going to jump down a little bit and do one that uh, maybe nobody's seen or can remember and that's the french connection oh yeah two. car chase not the french connection one 
French ah. Connection too. Oh, you oh you want number two? I never forgot the final scene in that movie, and uh, it's uh, it never did as well as the first one. It's a follow up, obviously, for Popeye Doyle. He goes to France to chase down Chanier, the uh, the drug lord, and in the final scene, it's a foot chase. It's not a car chase. It's a foot <laughs> chase. Chanier is getting away on his boat, and Popeye Doyle is running along the side of the river trying to keep up with him and catch him. And it's just gut wrenching because he's just heart pounding and panting, and he's you know he's he's an older man. He's not going to make it. And then there's a break in the movie. It's sort of you see the boat sort of drifting down and it's getting away, and you don't know what the heck is going on here. And all of a sudden, uh, Gene Hackman yells out, "Shania!" And Shania looks up from underneath his his uh, sail, and Popeye Dell has got a bead on him, and he fires. Oh. And he fires, and. Shawnee sort of reacts, like sort of moves back a little bit and grabs his chest, and the credits come up. So did he shoot him or not? You're not 100% sure. You're fairly sure he got him, but you're not 100% sure, just like the first movie, right? So there's no French Connection 3? Nope. Oh, I actually had French Connection uh, number one on my list. Uh, reason being, actually, I have I have a whole subsection of car chase scenes. Oh. uh, Because uh, 70s, was car chase scene heaven yeah that's when all the car chase scenes came to that the you know the famous car chase scene in the first french connection they didn't get permission to do that really the studio had they did not get permission there were actual accidents with innocent bystanders they just it was all it was all like gorilla gorilla photography they just like jumped in and went i mean it's a wonder they didn't kill anybody that movie kind of screwed it up for everybody else. You'll never see that again because when they did that, everybody in the country was like, oh, okay, now we can't let these guys do this. But, yeah, they just strapped cameras and stuff and on on cars and just took off down the road. What the hell were they thinking? They could have killed somebody. Yeah. See, now I'm going to have to go back and, and watch French Connection again, and I don't think I've ever seen French Connection too. so I'm going to have to have a weekend where I watch them both. Yeah, you got a lot of watching. Now, I'm pretty sure I've driven that uh, French Connection one car chase scene uh, we were in Manhattan a few months ago, and we're driving out to the airport, and we went along that strip that goes right underneath the subway for miles Under and miles. Under the L, yeah. And that, I that's, my wife, I said, this has got to be where they shot. I was yeah. going to say, so many movies have mimicked that, yeah. you know, yeah. after that. Yeah. What, cool. What else you got, Curtis? Okay, here's one. One of my all-time favorite movies. Sometimes I forget about it, but when it comes on, I, I've got two scenes from this movie that I, that I just love. Some of the best acting ever. It's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, Nurse Ratchet. Oh yeah. And and the first one, the first scene I love is when he's wanting Nurse Ratchet to turn on the baseball game, and she won't <laughs> unless they can get a majority of the vote. And so they vote, and it's like what eight eight votes or something. And she goes, he says, so turn it on. She Nurse Ratchet says. No, it, it, that's 810. You have to have a majority. And he says, what do you mean? And she goes, well, there's 10 others in here. Or he needed like one more vote for some reason. And he, he goes around the whole place. Nobody <laughs> understands what the hell he's talking about. He goes up to Chief, Chief and, yep. and tries to explain to Chief, and Chief won't do it. And so finally he sits down and Nurse Ratchet leaves. Well, then all of a sudden Chief raises his hand. But in the meantime, and so, but she, then she argues and says, well, it's too late. So then he starts watching the blank TV, pretending like the game is on and be, talking like he's an announcer. And everybody in the room oh. gathers around him like he's really calling the plays of the game. And to me, I mean, that was just great uh, acting. He pulled yeah. the Tom Sawyer on him. 
Yeah. What yeah. an interesting twist, though, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the other... That, that they would be even remotely interested in him doing that. And then, you know what? You wonder, was he doing it for himself or was he doing it for them as well? I think he was doing it because his number one goal through the whole movie was to get under Nurse Ratchet's skin, no matter <laughs> yeah. no matter what. And then, and then, real quick, the second scene uh, is after they fried McMurphy's brain. You know, they yeah. basically made him brain dead. And so Chief goes in, tries to wake him up, tries to talk to him. He, you know, earlier in the show, uh, McMurphy had tried to get Chief to lift up that big uh-huh. water thing and throw uh-huh. it through the window so they could go watch a baseball game, and, uh-huh. and he just didn't didn't do it. So after he after he realizes that McMurphy is brain dead, he suffocates him and kills him, yeah. and lifts up that thing, throws it through the window, jumps out the window and escapes, and then the whole place just goes crazy watching Chief run mm-hmm. off into the darkness. One of the greatest scenes, I you yeah. know, there, and there's dozens of other scenes in that movie yeah, that, that, was a great that movie. I love. Great movie. Might have been the last movie, too, if I remember, that uh, swept all five major Oscar awards. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Movie, director, actor, you name it. Yeah. yeah. Ah, such a good movie. Yeah, you don't forget the first time you've seen that one, that's for sure. No. Nurse Ratchet. She was a bitch. Yeah, she was mean. It was so, good. but the the antagonism and and the character about how each patient related to a certain patient. You know, they didn't relate the same to each patient. That just made it a great movie. So, yeah. Anyway, good stuff. Good choice. Good choice. Who else? What else? What you got, Dave? Well, I got a. We can't get through the seventies without some music, right? Oh no! Oh, that's our best stuff. So, nineteen seventy-eight. I remember. Laying on my uh, bed in my uh, my dorm in university and listening to the radio and hearing that there was some concert going on in San Francisco that was going on for two days. And it was the group called The Band, which up in Canada was like, you know, just uh, one of the greatest. And they were holding a farewell concert out in San Francisco for two days with the greatest, some of the greatest 70 performers, 60s and 70s performers of all time. And they put out a movie called The Last Waltz in 1978, and probably considered still to be probably the best uh, concert movie you'll ever see. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, uh, Neil Young, Eric Clapton. I could go on and on and on. And um, and it was directed by none other than Martin Scorsese. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's just a... Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Beautiful film to watch, but the two scenes that I remember from that, that I watch every single time, are not part of the uh, concert at all. They were filmed in the studio and added into the movie. And one is with Emmylou Harris doing a song called Evangeline. And if you ever want to see a more fetching, uh, attractive young woman, uh, Mm. watch that scene. Uh, Emmylou Harris uh, in her prime, just absolutely beautiful, in her blue dress and her long brown hair. It's a great song. But the other one is the what is now the quintessential version of their hit song, The Wait, which I think they're probably most popular song, The Wait, which they did with the uh, the Staple Singers, and um, that that those two scenes just uh, I have to watch them every time or tee them up when I feel like watching them, and I never get tired of hearing them, 
and they're just fantastic. So, but the whole concert <clears throat> is well worth taking in. It's absolutely fantastic. So, um, but those, that was those two scenes for me are uh, we're seeing over and over again. Now, what movie was that? Called the Last Waltz. Huh? I honestly had I have never heard of that. I've oh, I've, I've please, seen it. Yeah, please, I've seen it. it. No, I, I haven't. Love music. You got to check that one out. Oh, I'm making a note right here. Yeah, I was right going to say, now. I haven't actually watched the movie. I'm going to check on you and make sure you've seen it. Yeah. I, I, whenever we get done here tonight and I get done editing, I'm going to pull it up on the. Uh, you you know, will you will get caught right up in it because okay. you won't believe the the cast of the performers. Right. I got my note right there. I'm making notes. Curtis can attest. Sweet. What else you got over there? Uh, of course, there's the uh, the ever popular uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, uh, the, <laughs> now, my daughter wanted me to put that on, and I I was kind of, but I didn't. Why not? I'm glad, Why, somebody, I'm glad somebody did. Why would you not put Blazing Saddles on there? You got to put the the campfire scene. Oh, for heaven's sake! Of <laughs> I mean, there's there's a bunch of scenes, but to me, it's the campfire scene. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a guy in the fart thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. Why are farts funny? Why are farts funny? Well, back in the seventies, because you hardly <laughs> mentioned it unless you were a kid in school. So when you oh, saw it on TV or in a movie, it yeah. was kind of funny. It was groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, the scene where he's driving, riding into town, and they see him coming, and they keep yelling out who he is, and they're saying, "Yeah, he's getting near." He's getting near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. No, there's a lot of... hilarious. hilarious. Now, see, that's one of those movies that just never seems to come on TV. It doesn't. It doesn't. We don't... No, it doesn't. You almost have to, like, go rent it to to see it. Maybe... Do you think it's on Netflix, maybe? I don't know. We'll have to do some... It's probably a a licensing thing or whatever, a studio thing, you know. Yeah, but I see Young Frankenstein. Oh, well, there's another one right there. Oh, yeah. I see some of those. It's Frankenstein, by the way. Frankenstein, yeah, Yeah. I got that wrong. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of weird. Nice knockers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Igor. It's not Igor. Oh my god! That that movie's bringing back all kinds of memories. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. It it wasn't on my list, but oh yeah, yeah, you almost have to stop and watch scenes out of that one as well. Mm -hmm. Here's one. Now let me see if either one of you seen. uh, Maybe you have. Have you guys seen Dog Day Afternoon? Yes. Yes. Okay. I love the scene where Sonny. You know, they're they're they've been in there a while, and then Sonny comes out to the front. That's the bank robber movie, right? Yeah. 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 And he comes out and. Uh, the detective, they're trying to get him to release, you know, some, some hostages and they're wanting food. And uh, now I just learned today that, you know, when he starts yelling, Attica, Attica, that wasn't like yeah. in the script. A An assistant director, as they were starting to film, whispered in his ear, hey, scream Attica once they start filming. And from that point on, that whole scene was like ad lib. They said. Did he have any, any any idea what Attica was? Oh yeah. Oh, he knew it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a prison, right? Yeah, where, where they had a uprising right. and a riot, and and the and but the cool thing about that scene is that's where the movie flipped. That's where those guys were no longer. Not that I ever really considered them the bad, bad guys. guys, but but be- after that scene, they kind of became... The protagonists. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, everybody was like, oh, we want these guys to get away with this, you know? They haven't mm-hmm. killed anybody yet, and blah, blah, blah. And... Isn't that funny how we, like, root for the bad guys in movies? I know. You know, even yeah. though they're, like, breaking laws, it's breaking the law, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what do you... Alfred Hitchcock said, Alfred Hitchcock said that about, about audiences. They're all... They're all uh, uh, guilty because 
you know, they'll see a criminal hiding somewhere in a house and the police are looking and they keep thinking, they're coming for you, get out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah get, away, get away from the man, get away from the man. What else you got, Dave? Well, I'm going to move down a little bit here, and one that uh, we won't never forget if you've seen it, uh, 1972 Deliverance. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Square uh, like I read a the book before and then went and saw the movie, and it was like, wow. And mm-hmm. then the scene, of course, is the uh, the rape scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is so brilliant about that scene is, is the way it unfolds is that it seems, and we've all been through this experience in our lives where... <laughs> hang on now, here. hang on, hang on. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I, don't, I don't know about your checkered past. <laughs> I don't want to go there. But anyway, uh, uh, well, hold on, let me think. No, this is in Georgia. So anyway. um, this is uh, where, where the scene where it sort of starts out very benign, and here's a couple of guys that we don't know coming into our campsite, and, you know, what's going on, hi, Hori, and all this kind of and then the tension starts to mount up when you realize there's something, something evil is about to happen here. But the mm. brilliance of that scene is, is that you don't think about where all the cast members are. Yeah, because he's got you so caught up in the tension of what's going on there, you don't realize <laughs> or even think, or at least I didn't. Where's Burt Reynolds? Yeah, where'd they go? He's not there. And then all of a sudden, John Voight looks over and sees Burt Reynolds through the trees with a bead on this guy with his bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and it's just absolutely fantastic. So, where did they go? They, they were in another canoe, and I think they just, they must have been a little bit behind and maybe saw what was going on or oh, something. Yeah. Now here, I'm going to, I'm going to fess up to something. Uh-oh. For, for some reason, the first few times I saw Deliverance, it must have been on television, mm-hmm. and they must have really edited it. Oh, because yeah. I never got the point that he was actually raped yeah. until like oh, maybe five, ten years ago. When I saw a not uh, as cleansed version, yeah, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I yeah. didn't know that it got that bad." Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that wasn't on regular TV at all. Yeah, I so just, that I definitely just... is is a scene. Not that I, but yeah, it, it's a scene that sticks with you. And mm-hmm. yeah, isn't it interesting that so though that some of the greatest scenes are when the director will take it the highest risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when yeah. you think about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Some directors would have said, okay, let's do the mothership and all that, but don't show the aliens. No, let's not go there. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg said, no, we're going to do it all. We're going to yeah. put it all right out there. And yeah. uh, it works. It and works. not only that, we're going to have people that have disappeared come back from nowhere. Yeah. Well, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. They're kind of like, oh, well, now we understand where all those people went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, Deliverance, um, yeah, very cool. A lot of a lot of scenes in that one as Great well. Movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to some uh, char, char case, pardon me, car chase, car chase movies. movies yeah, um, the corkscrew jump. Ooh, you remember that man with the golden gun, 1974, James Bond. Oh, okay, you remember the corkscrew cool. jump? I don't, I don't know if you remember or not, but they were, they were nope. like in uh, Louisiana Bayou. They do this corkscrew jump. Now, the reason you probably don't remember it is because they. Ah, they, it's not that they patented, but they they bought the rights or whatever to that stunt, and it's never been done oh, since. Oh, really? Yeah. So when they did that, they kind of like copyrighted it. Yeah, they pulled it off. They're like, okay, we're not letting anybody else do this, and and that was no, there was no CGI back then. That was in '74. That one they did it, and they're like, bam. Done. The, the studio's like, we're buying this, and they, nobody else is copying it. You know how many, you know how many jumps? You know, Dukes of Hazards jumps and oh, Smoking yeah. the Bandit jumps and all those. You can jump all along, but a corkscrew and jump. And Hooper. 
And Hooper, yeah, you you will not see another corkscrew jump. And that's because they make an interesting point there when you talked about CGI. Would we ever watch a car chase scene or an action scene anymore and and appreciate it the same if we thought it was all mostly CGI? Nah. You think back in the seventies, they had none of that, right? Oh yeah. You know, uh, up to you know up to nowadays time. Nowadays time. Now uh, I watched uh, Baby Driver here recently, a couple a year or so ago. That's a great movie. That's a really good movie, but how much of that is real? That's what I wonder these days. How much is really like watching Lord of the Rings, or you just? I'm like, is is any is anything I'm watching real? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're all they're all a lot of actors are now following a tennis ball, yeah, on a stick, Uh and and uh, yeah. Yeah, even in the Jurassic Park. I'm going to give you a recommendation. This is a buried treasure movie if you like car chases. What's that? The movie's called Ronin, R-O-N. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I've seen Ronin. Yeah, that's... You know that one with Robert De Niro? Yeah. And... Fantastic. Fantastic movie and great, great car chasing. Um, Run that down. Wasn't there somebody else famous in that movie? Like, like he was, like, young, famous... Yeah, I can't remember. It's been... He was a a musician. It's another one of those movies that I probably have only seen, Uh, like, maybe once. Hang on, I'm going to Google. Go ahead. Okay, you go. I'm going to jump over to Poseidon Adventure. Who's in Ronan? I love the original Poseidon Adventure, and every time it comes on, and if they're getting close to the New Year's party scene right before the boat gets hit... I always have to stop There's and watch. Got to be a yeah, because I love that. I love her singing that song. Yeah. I love everybody sitting in there, and then I love the boat getting hit, and then Gene Hackman trying to convince everybody to climb up the Christmas tree to to get out of there. And then when they don't, then the big glass breaks and the place floods. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of one of those scenes that I usually I don't think I've ever probably kept clicking. Anytime that one comes on, I I watch it. Wasn't Leslie Nielsen the captain of that ship? Yes, well, I believe he was. Because I, I remember that scene of him looking out the window. Yeah, yeah. This wave coming in. And they, oh, yeah. they yeah. got they got smushed. Well, you're supposed to turn into the wave, not. So, hey, uh, Dave, let me ask you real quick. Ronan, the movie. What was what was uh, what was the name of the movie? Ronan. Ronan. R O N I N. Oh, okay. See, there's a 1980, 1998 movie. Did they redo it or something? I'm over here. Robert Niro. Okay, go ahead. Talk to me yourself. I'll find it here in a second. Give, give us another movie, Dave. Well, I don't think we can get off this list without Dirty Harry, can we? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. It's really uh, just exploded uh, uh, in Eastwood's career. And you see that opening scene where he's having the hot dog, you know, which is right away there's the brilliance of that is that he does. you see, oh, this is just a regular guy. This is a regular cop. He doesn't love a street hot dog. He's trying trying to enjoy a hot dog, and all of a sudden this commotion goes on. And uh, the way he deals with it, of course, is typical of Clint Eastwood style, stepping right out and uh, pacing them down. And, of course, some of the iconic lines that come out of that, you know, uh, I know what you're thinking. Did he take five (laughs) shots or six? Five shots or six. And all the excitement, I don't remember. Yeah. That was great. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was funny. I was talking to uh, Lance, a guy that works with me, and he's like, what are you podcasting about tonight? And I told him, and uh, two of the things, two of the movies he popped up about was uh, uh, Dirty, Harry. Dirty Harry and the other one was, uh, I think, Blazing Saddles, yeah. Huh. He's like, oh, you guys got to talk about that. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I love that movie. Love the and, the and that movie came out with a lot of quote, iconic quotes. Yeah. Um, Another one, one that I've got that's kind of weird. The reason that I like it, and it's the original Halloween from 1978, Ooh. and and really the scenes that I like 
is because of the 1970s, because the opening scenes before the murder, well, before, not the, when he's a little kid, but before the, before it gets into a horror flick, you know, when they're just walking through the town and they're trick-or-treating and they're going to school, they're going to classes, that, those scenes remind me so much of Enid, Oklahoma. You know, there's, there's tree-lined streets, there's curbs, there's sidewalks, there's two-story houses, there's bungalows. It, it looks, and then the leaves are falling. It just... Except they weren't falling in the movie. Well, I know. Because it was filmed in the springtime, and they had to... Exactly. They had to paint the leaves. Oh. And then they and they blew leaves in there and everything. Did you, you didn't unplug Dave, did you? <laughs> no, I just... No, I didn't. Okay. No, um, but... but I, I kicked a cord, sorry. Dave. Anytime, if I'm flipping through the channels, and I see that Halloween's going to be on, I don't normally want to watch the whole movie. You know, because I've seen it like 80 times, but I'll almost always watch the beginning scenes just because it takes me back. And and for me, the big memory is during Halloween, we would create those mazes at Staten's house on West Broadway. And um, it was a iconic wide street with curbs mm-hmm. oh, and, yeah, yeah. and that, sidewalks that's and big exactly trees. exactly where Michael Myers would have killed us right yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Michael Myers had been in Enid, he would have killed everybody on our street. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so, so that's why I like the, those scenes from Halloween. I, and I, just, I love to watch them just because it brings back those memories. But I have not seen that movie. But What? Wait, hang on. No. But I want to I I ask you something because this always fascinates me. Sure. In that movie, do you remember if somebody did something that was really dumb? You know, like, why would you do that? Oh, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in, in the movie Alien, remember the movie Alien, when Tom Skewart, who was the captain of the ship, mm-hmm. says, I know that there's a, a monster somewhere in our air <laughs> induction system that is killing people. I'm going to go up there with a flashlight and see oh, if I yeah. can find them. Oh, yeah. And you're thinking, are you out of your mind? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, when people do really dumb things in movies, it just absolutely fascinates yeah. me. Yeah, or when they say, I'll be right back. And they never come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, they never come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. No, no, no I, I, would, I would say half of Halloween is is that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. The, the girl going out to the, oh, yeah, to the, the for some reason their washer and dryer was out outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And every movie, every movie genre like that is, if there's a noise up in the attic. Oh, let's go. I'm going to go check it out by myself. Happened yeah. in the movie The Birds. Remember in The Birds? She went up by herself. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I did watch that here recently. I forgot how slow and boring that movie was. Halloween? No, the oh, birds. The birds? the birds. Oh, the birds is oh, way. Yeah, but I, is. I still watch it though. I, I, yeah. I've probably seen it. it. Takes forever to get going. It does, yeah. and luckily it's not very long. But I like. I think I like the classic look of the movie. Yeah, yeah I just like the yeah. feel of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And the the main dude, he reminds me of myself. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he is so what is his name? I can't even think of what his debonair. name is. Uh, oh. What what actor he is? But yeah, he was oh. he was kind of a hot looking dude for a dude. Yeah, yeah. but she she's really hot too though. Yeah, hang on. Go. Who is the lead actor in The Birds? Was it Rod Taylor? Cast of the Birds includes Tippy Hedren. Rod Taylor. Tippy. Tippy Hedren. Yeah. Yeah. Tippy's hot man. Not now. But. Well, not now. <laughs> it's one of those movies with a non-ending, right? Yeah, it's like it just yeah. you walk out of the house and the birds are still sitting there on the ground. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? So what happens now? We feed them? Or what? <laughs> but but the first time I remember, I remember the, the first time I saw it, it was just freaky. It was like, ooh, that, because it was one of those movies that could really happen. There was nothing yes, in that movie that couldn't really happen. Oh, there wasn't a giant spider at the exactly. end? Exactly. There was no giant alien spider at the end. <laughs> That's Curtis's big, uh, his big thing about uh, a lot Steven, of movies. Stephen King ruined me forever. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, one more car chasing movie. Remember the scene in the Seven Ups from 1973? Another car chase scene. And all these car chase scenes, they kind of like get jumbled up in your head. But it, but there was that one the one point in the scene where the car slams into the the back of a like a, a semi truck and just shears the top of the roof. Now off. what movie are again? The Seven Ups. I don't know that I've seen the Seven Ups. That was with uh, uh, gosh, Royce Ryder. Royce Ryder. Yeah, he was a he was a cop. He was chasing somebody, and he has he's going along. All of a sudden, he's there's a parked truck right in front of me, and he has to duck down at the last possible second. And it just it just takes the top of his car off. You, know, you don't remember that? I don't. I don't think I've seen the movie. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Have you seen that one, Dave? No, I have not. Really? Pretty cool, though. Really? Sounds pretty cool. Oh yeah, no. I'm a, I'm a sucker for action movies. Like the last uh, Mission Impossible movie that came out last year was just fabulous. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are those are really good. Yeah, so. I, I've tried to boycott uh, what's his face, Tom Cruise. No, I'm a. I, I like. He's got some good action movies, so you can't hardly boycott him. I'm trying to. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Maybe we get Tom on the on the show. He can get him on me. the show and explain yourself. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. He's got some explaining to do. Here, here. Okay, next next movie, real quick. How about Breaking Away? You guys remember yeah. Breaking Away? Yeah. The the cycling movie. Oh. Dennis Quaid. There's yep. a there's a couple of scenes. There, there's the one scene, and the, and all the bicycle riders are called cutters because their parents cut stone from the quarry. Quarry, okay. exactly. And so anyway, but and and then there's the rich kids. So it's almost like the outsiders, where the cutters uh, are the poor kids and the rich kids. And so and they have a fight in a restaurant. Um, anytime I'm flipping through, and that's on. And then also, you know, the one guy, uh, Dennis Christopher pretends like he's Italian through most of the movie because he wants to be an Italian bike rider or he just has this infatuation with Italy. But um, in one of the race scenes where they're racing, all of the other teams try to sabotage him by messing with his speed gear. And then towards the end of the race, one guy sticks a thing in his spokes and makes him flip over the handlebars. Yeah, one of the Italian racers. Exactly, one of the Italian racers. So every time, if I'm flipping and that movie's on and and one of those two scenes is close, I'll usually stop and and watch. And what was the name of that movie? Breaking Away. I don't remember. So here's here's a fascinating bit bit of news about that movie. It's probably the first time that it caught Hollywood totally off guard because that movie went on to on on NBC it was shown on NBC just before the Oscars. They did not well before the Oscars actually. They were not expecting it to get nominated for anything because it was a sleeper of a movie. And then it went and got captured some nominations. And then back in those days, you didn't see movies on TV uh, that were mm. Oscar uh-huh. for like a, almost a year. Right. And this was on like two weeks later, and it was like, oh my goodness, wow. we're going to see this movie right away. Mm, I didn't know that. Caught the totally off guard, but uh, that's the first time that's ever happened. Of course, now you can see all the movies that are nominated before the Academy Awards sure. because they're, yeah. you know they're on your select view or whatever. Yeah, huh. you'll have to watch Great it. Movie. It's, it's got a very young people. Dennis Quaid in it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. There's a young it's Dennis Quaid. There is. I always thought Dennis Quaid was. He's like the insurance guy now. Yeah, and then and Daniel Stern <laughs> is also in it as well. Oh, yes, Daniel yeah. Stern. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like Daniel. He's cool. Yeah, good movie, Mister Stern. What else? Uh, let me go over my notes real quick. Make sure we don't forget anything. Oh, of course, there's always uh, all the American graffiti stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, they uh, they they cable the police car to the light pole, and he takes off. And I don't think that would really happen. I, you know, in real I life. just the funny thing is, I I literally watched it two weeks ago. 
American Graffiti? Yeah. It was on. I just sat there and watched the whole thing again. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a great movie. Uh, blah, 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 Richard Dreyfuss, of course. Oh. Another there, Richard Dreyfuss movie. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, and all the Smoking the Bandit stuff. Uh, that was, you know, that was... That's one movie that I can usually let go. I mean, I if really? I'm flipping and it's on, <laughs> I usually don't sit and watch it again. Because I, I, wa- I think I watched it enough. I don't know. I can't get enough Sally Field. Well, she was pretty hot back then, yeah. Yeah. She's still hot. The 70s had such a, such a wide spectrum of, uh, of movie types. I mean, there was something for everybody. Oh, it did. It did. Uh, oh, we didn't even touch upon Monty Python. No. I got a quick question. I got a quick question for Dave. Two iconic movies in Todd and I's lives were The Warriors and Phantasm. Have you seen either one of those? Well, I heard you talk about it on a podcast recently, though. Okay. Oh, and you had, me, you had me going with what the Warriors was that the first one? Yeah, and the, the thing about yeah, the Warriors me, is, my, I made a note of that. Could you have my interest up for that one? Yeah, you've got to see it because right. they've been playing it quite a bit on TV lately. And every time I'm flipping, if it's near the Baseball Fury scene, I'll always stop. And for some reason, I just I'm fascinated by a gang from New York dressed in. I think probably New York Yankees uniforms probably, with yeah. bats, and their faces are painted like Kiss, and they're a gang. Well, like well, they're like clowns almost. Well, makeup, you know, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all different characters. Yeah. So, yeah, well, but anytime that, and then in the, the music during yeah. that fight scene is really cool. Yeah. So all the music, the whole movies, uh, yeah. I've actually got the soundtrack to yeah, that. Movie. Joe Walsh and in the city. Oh, yeah, love Joe Walsh. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you need to watch that one. You'll, I think you'll enjoy it. That one and and Phantasm is another must see for the seventies. You haven't seen Phantasm, really? A lot of people haven't seen Phantasm. Just watch the first one. Don't watch the second, third, fourth, fifth. You can watch the last one, but don't even bother with two, three, four, five. And or six. I, I actually had Phantasm yeah. on my Didn't list. Didn't you tell me it was like four sequels or something? Yeah, oh. don't watch the sequels. Oh, yeah, they're terrible, terrible. But the first <laughs> one was cool, and, and that's one of those. That's one of those movies where uh, the car. Is almost a character in the car, that the, Barracuda. The, yeah. Well, even the ice cream truck was almost a character. <laughs> oh, yeah. Reggie's truck. Well, and then the, the the Death Sphere was a character. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the ball? It, yeah. The ball is back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, and it, just be waiting for the tall man. The tall man. Boy! Yeah. And that, so anytime that movie's on, I'll, I'll sit around and wait for just him to say, Boy! <laughs> you play a good game, boy! Yeah. <laughs> oh, great movie. Anything Anything else you need to get off the list there, Dave? Well, I got 1973, Day of the Jackal. Um, fabulous movie. Uh, great book, by the way, by Frederick Forsyth. I, I loved the book. I didn't know how they were going to translate it very well, but they did a beautiful job of it. It's got a, a the iconic scene for most people is when he takes his uh, specially designed uh, rifle out to a field. Oh, yeah. And he, I think it's in France somewhere, and he's practicing with his uh, exploding bullets and the scene where he hits the watermelon with the exploding bullets, and it's just a, a screen full of this red pulp. It's just it's it's horrifying, actually, when you see it, because that's what he's going to kill uh, Charles de Gaulle with. Uh, but that's not the scene. The scene that's most memorable in that movie is the final scene, where he uh, gets his way up into the, the building above the square in Paris, where he knows de Gaulle's going to be, and he's going to assassinate him, and he gets a beat on him, and he fires, and he misses. And you think, holy cow, how could he? And he misses because the Gaul decides to jerk his head forward and kiss one of the uh, soldiers he's reviewing on the cheek. Uh. You can just see it in the background. It's just beautifully shot. You see this little puff of smoke off the cobblestone where he missed him. And he can't believe it. 
Uh, of course, it ensues from there because you can hear the police coming up the stairway to get him. So you know, I remember the scene. I remember, movie and a terrific scene. I remember the movie. I don't know if I remember what, who was in that movie. Uh, Edward Fox was the uh, super suave uh, jackal killer. Uh, hmm. Don't go I, by the, the the more recent version. There was one I think put out. Oh, uh, uh, I bet I've seen the more uh, recent with, version. Uh, Bruce Willis or something. It's just awful. It's uh, at all. Yeah, because okay. it sounds like it's I've the seen it. Seventy three. Okay, we'll have to check that one out too. Very cool. Well, I think I've covered my. That's list. my list. Yeah, I've I've gotten all of them off my list except for Bluto's well, speech in uh, Animal Woodstock, House, which I think probably we all you can pick almost any scene in that movie if you wanted to. Which one? The music lover. One more music one. So, uh, probably uh, Jimi Hendrix performance at the end of that movie is fantastic. And the last one is that I have. It's called The Out of Towners with uh, Sandy oh, Dennis. Oh, and yeah. Ja- oh, I saw that. I saw that at the movie theater. Hilarious movie. Uh, yeah. Yes. The opening scene of that when he's just so pumped to go to the Waldorf Astoria in New York, and then when he gets there, it's just his whole world crashes. It's just fantastic. You know, the scene I remember most from that movie is when the manhole cover blows up. Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. did you remember seeing that movie? I don't think I have. I don't think you oh, would have. I don't think Curtis would have seen it. It probably wouldn't. Uh, yeah, he, he wouldn't have seen it. I mean, it, I've heard of it, but it, I just don't think I've seen it. This poor guy, that you just feel so sorry. You're just like... Uh, it just worries you out because of all the crap this poor guy has to go through. Yeah. Oh, it's it's and, draining. It's a draining movie. It's like and the oh. scene where he realizes he's whistling when he's talking. He's like, what is that? Oh, he, he lost his tooth. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. He lost his tooth. Yes, that's a great movie. It was a great, great movie. Scene. Great, great, great movie. Great well, coming. that's my list. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. I think we covered some really good scenes yeah, out of some of really fun. good movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we missed some, and I'm sure some of our listeners. Will chime in and say, "Hey, dumbass, you forgot this." And, movie. and that's okay. what we want. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Bu- buzz at buzzheadmedia.com. Send us the movies and the scenes that we left off that you think should have been on our list. Um, you guys, give us some feedback on Dave uh, because we want him to feel the pain, just like we feel the pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you did great, Dave. We, Dave, we, Dave, you should have your own podcast. We thank you I'd for love being to come on. Back. Ask me anytime. I'd love to come back. You know, I always tell everybody. Everyone should have an, have their own podcast. Everybody should have their own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they should. It's really it's a you know it only takes no. But we but we like people being a part of ours uh-huh. that love the seventies, and so let's just continue to make ours bigger and bigger, and bigger, and <laughs> we'll just include more and more people. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. I had a great time. I had a blast. Dave, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of the show. It's a it's a pleasure having you. Yeah. And well, I guess we'll just see you, uh, you know, next time. If, and if you think of an episode or something, you, something else you want to do, keep keep emailing us. Yeah, yeah. Well, Let us know. something that's for sure. All no right, problem. man. It was great. Had a great time. It was great meeting you, sir. Take yep. care, guys. Thanks, Dave. Right. Okay, everybody. Don't forget go to iTunes and leave us your reviews and your comments there. Go to BC Merc. Buy a. Uh, I've got it on right now. Yep. Bottle caps mercantile T-shirt. Yep. And uh, get you design there and uh, send us mail to buzz at buzzheadmedia.com. We appreciate your feedback. And again, Dave was just some guy that was emailing us back and forth. And Dave's not just some guy. We're not. At, at, <laughs> at one point, he was some guy. Now, now he's part of the crew. I remember. I remember when uh, uh, you you told me about this. Like, man, this guy just reamed us up and down. He reamed us on the seventy sports episode, which we really did kind of goof up. Um, and you notice we haven't done one since. Yeah, we kind of stayed away from sports. <laughs> we, the last time we mentioned sports, you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain was in a in a Bruce Lee movie, and it was actually Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So yeah, we're going to stay away from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we thank you guys for listening. I think we're going to get out of here. <laughs> See you later. See ya. Uh...